With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Um, okay. Welcome back to Talking Knicks. I'm joined by everybody's favorite Talking Knicks host, Big Baby David. He's baseball season is over. He's now a full-time Talking Knicks uh, host. So he's back. We're back. Hey, everybody. Let's talk Knicks. All right. Well, BBD, how have you been? I haven't talked to you in a, in a little bit other than texting you like every every hour of every day. But like face-to-face wise. First time First time we've looked at each other's faces in, in a fat minute. Uh, so yeah. that's refreshing. Uh, you know, weird week to make my debut uh, back for this season because, uh, you know, the Knicks only played one game. But here we are. Yeah, they had, glad I watched it. They had a short week. They only played the Bucks, the defending champion Bucks, and they beat them. So we're, we're happy. Should be a quick pod. Only good oh, things no. to discuss, you know. <sighs> only good. Only good news. We started the week five and one, and now we're six and one, as far as I know. Um, but or what are we? Are we six and five now? I don't know what the record is. What do I? Uh, six and five, I think is I think is right. Yeah, it sounds true. It well, sounds, sounds true enough. I'll believe it. How are you? How are you? How's how the end of the baseball season? What's what's been going on? The baseball's over. I'm glad I can focus on the Knicks because it's more fun than watching other teams in the playoffs. Because the Yankees exited early, and they're the fun team. Um, yeah, it's nice to not be live streaming every night again. So, so it's all good. We'll get so, that back. We'll get that. We'll get that going again when we start live streaming the Knicks every night. The Knicks are six and four. They feel like they're six and five, but they're six and four even uh, after the, tonight. The Cavs were six and four coming into tonight, I believe. So that's, that's where, right. That's, that's where right. The so hard to believe. Is. Hard to believe this team was five and one entering this week. We had some some strong predictions on the end of our last episode. I predicted three and one, with the only loss coming against the Bucks. It's about as wrong as you could possibly be. Um, Kenny predicted four and zero. That didn't happen either. That was the second most wrong you could possibly be. Um, and Tom predicted two and two with losses against the uh, Pacers and the and the Bucks. So Tom won. Tom won this week, I guess, or Congrats, he tied Kenny Tom. at least. No, he, he. You know, he won. He got two right. Good for him. Good. And the Raptors game was this week too. That's messed up. So I actually made my MSG debut for the season and went to the Raptors game with my good friend John. Mm, that I mean, game feels so long ago. It was, fortunately. So Nick started out hot. Randall started hot in the first quarter. I think he had like 17 or something. 
just feeling himself banking in threes. That's when you know things are going well. And then, um, then the game pretty much stopped being good. Uh, I think Randall, Randall ended the game with 22 points after starting with, with 17 in the first quarter. I think, so I think it rest- might be even worse than that. I think it was 18 in the first quarter. And then, yeah, so so yeah. that's not good. That was bad. That one that was just a terrible game to attend as well. Uh, the Raptors were without their best player, Pascal Siakam, who is usually pretty bad against the Knicks, so it's kind of a bummer to, to miss him. Janoji Ananobi decided to go for his career high. That was a, a theme throughout the week for the Knicks. Yeah. Uh, Ananobi goes for 36. Followed up by Gary Trent Jr. with 26. This game was just awful. Terrible. I was there. The most telling stat that most people probably don't even know is the most telling stat. The Raptors shot 99 shots. The Knicks shot 76 shots. So if you're going to take 23 more shots than the other team, you don't even have to make them, you know? As long as you're just getting those off. Yeah, the Raptors shot 43.4% from the field. The Knicks shot 46.1%. And yet the Knicks lost by nine points because they just turned the ball over and gave up offensive rebounds the entire time after after the first quarter ended. The Knicks got up to got a 15-point lead. My friend John turned to me and said, oh, yeah, the Raptors haven't scored in a little bit. And then from there on, the, the Raptors destroyed the Knicks. That was kept scoring. It was bad. It was sad. They made every single shot. The Knicks turned over every single ball. They couldn't get the game close. They got it to like eight, and they just couldn't couldn't do any more than that. So that was just a terrible experience. Yeah, that was that was an ugly one. I did watch the first like quarter of this game in the office, which I wish is is all I knew about this game because that was nice. And then. Uh, yeah, by the time I, by the time I drove home, it was uh, the game felt over. I guess it ended up closer than the score. It the game wasn't as close as the score would indicate. The Knicks felt pretty dominated. Yeah, I mean the Knicks started to make their their fake comeback at the end, but they just they never they keep getting it. They kept getting like open threes to cut it to two, two possessions and just missing them, which. They've been doing nonstop. It seems like this team struggles in, in crunch time. They mm-hmm. uh, on either end. They of just miss really. either end. Whether they, they, whether they're up or or down, they haven't been great in fourth quarters so far. Yeah. It's been yeah. Whether they're thing. they're winning by whether they're winning by thirteen points against the Bulls with with three minutes left, or they're down ten in the fourth quarter against the Cavaliers or the Pacers. Or the yeah. or the Raptors that we're talking about, but they just can't get it close. The Pacers game was also bad. This one, yeah. the Pacers started the game winning thirty six to twenty two, and for all intents and purposes, they they continued winning the game thirty six to twenty two for the for the rest of the game. They, they ended just, up winning just help serve one eleven ninety eight. So that was bad again. Um, another another career high here. Career high seven three pointers made by Miles Turner. Mm. Not just I'm surprised a, he hasn't had one of those before. 
But yeah, I mean, he's been a good player for a little just, bit. Yeah, I mean, he's seven for ten. I mean, he is this. He does step out, but I don't think he's ever really shooting ten three pointers a game. Yeah, other I guess than that volume. Yeah, so I don't. I don't even want to talk about that one. Let's. I really yeah, don't yeah. care. You guys, you don't Quick want to talk look about at the it. box score. Quick look at the box score. I think just the most telling is the Knicks were five of twenty-four, just over twenty percent from three, and the Pacers hit nearly forty percent of their threes and got fifteen more attempts. So, yeah, I think that that's three. The, the, the simplest place to point. The three-point line killed us this week. the The only the only game we played this week, for as far as we're concerned. The Knicks played the, the defending champion Milwaukee Bucks without Chris Middleton, but with Drew Holiday, who returned from injury. And the, the Bucks started this one winning 38-19. to 19. That got up to 40-19, to 21-point lead. I actually turned this off after the first quarter and let, let Tom watch and tell me that if, if it was, <laughs> whether or not it was worth turning back on. So – Eventually told me that got cut to five, so I turned it up back on to, to start the second half. I just had had enough. The they were doing the thing where they let the other team score every single play to start the game. It was just it was painful to watch. The twenty the nineteen point lead after one quarters. The other team I could had do twice without as many points. Could do yeah. without those. We should have getting lapped. Yeah. Is is bad. They um in this game I saw the the very beginning of it right when they started going down, down pretty big. Uh, I think like right when it got to double digits for the first time is when I left, uh, I, not to brag, went to a bar with one friend um, and the game was going to be on there. So I walked over from there. By the time I got there, it was a big lead again. And every time I looked up, it kind of started getting closer. And all of a sudden it was, yeah, it was like a five point game. That's when I was able to lock in again. So that was cool. And I saw the yeah, whole this was, this, watch that pretty close. This game had a lot of positives. Derrick Rose led the charge. He led the comeback. Uh, he had 23 points. He's the one who, who was, was carrying the team on his back for the entire second quarter to get it down to single digits before halftime, which was an impressive feat in and of itself. So, yeah, 12 points with, on 50% shooting in the second. That'll they'll keep you in it. Yeah, that's, that's exactly what the Knicks needed. And then you know he ends the game with twenty three points, eight rebounds, four assists. And Julius Randle just goes to work with the guy we've been missing. He's been more uh, twenty nineteen Julius Randle than twenty twenty Julius Randle um, in a few of these games. He ends this with thirty two points on eleven for twenty two shooting. 12 rebounds, four assists. Really vintage, Randall. Yeah, I was going to guess, just looking at the box, I was going to guess that most of these points came in the second half. And no, it's only half. He had a big second quarter, too, I guess. But, you know, D Rose obviously was the one really carrying the team there. And then in the second half, Randall did go to work and, and did uh, the bulk of his damage 16 points on five of eight shooting. So, and he, he really needed that. He, he he hadn't had a – I don't think he'd had a 20-point game in a little bit unless one of those other two games we discussed he got there. But uh, but he needed a kind of a big scoring night and eventually got it. 
Yeah, he needed one of those efficient ones with where he was leading the team to victory at the very least. So he did it. And then we remember why, why we love him. Um, also, Nerland's Noel made his debut this week, and he was unbelievable mm. in this game. He was he was locking up Giannis in the fourth quarter. Giannis ended with 25, but in the fourth quarter, Nerland's played the, all 12 minutes of the fourth, and he just really did very well, stepping out to the perimeter on Giannis and, and following him inside and just making his life tough and, and getting his hand on every every ball and grabbing every defensive rebound. So he ended up with uh, some amount of rebounds. Let's so have 13 rebounds 13. and three three steals. He was just good. Fun to yeah, watch. He, uh, he passed the eye test. We were talking about it in, in our group chat a little bit. I believe I believe he, were you the one that said you've had him as over 41 games started and this game reminded you why, or is that Kenny? Um, that was me. That was you. And, and just in general, I remember, remember why we kind of fell in love with this dude last year. And uh, this game more than any other game, probably because it's the one they won where they had both of them, but it reminds you like how, just how different uh, dynamic it is when you have Mitch and Noel both healthy and, and playing. Um. It's like it's a lethal combo on the defensive end that you can keep one of them in all game. Indeed. And well, the person we haven't mentioned thus far on this podcast was, was RJ Barrett, who just had an unbelievable first three games of the week. And uh, the two games prior to that, I think he was over 20 for five games in a row before tonight's mm. uh, Cavs, Cavs game when he, you know, didn't do much. Had six points tonight on three for thirteen shooting. But before that, he was great. He had twenty points against the against the Bucks. And he's just been on on the. He's taking the leap that people thought he could take, or Knicks fans thought he could take at the very least. So he's he's been him get better. Yeah, he's been incredible. He's grab grabbing more than enough boards too, but it. On top of just the volume of points he's getting, like, you know, five 20 point games in a row, he's doing it efficiently and, and kind of from all levels of the of the offense. He's over 50 percent from the field and from three in that five game period. Today he was 06 from three. But uh, and we'll get into that game. But uh, yeah, I mean, he's he's been incredible. He, re- he really is like the the number one story of the week. Yeah, he was the, the bright like, point in a, in a difficult week. The NBA account was like tweeting about him, which I hate that that like resonated with me, but it did. Um, yeah. really, he looks like a guy who was drafted third overall. He was he was probably nice. big. He was probably big on TikTok this week too. I mm. would imagine that's what that's what you Gen Zers are, are looking at. You and your Tamagotchis and TikTok. Oh, I'm not looking at the NBA now. On there. Actually, I follow a few accounts that get on the, on my radar there. But let's let's move on to the the game of the day. The Cavaliers yeah. come into the Knicks' house, and the Cavs are six and four coming into this one. I, I looked at their their record and was like, wow, they're they're pretty good. Lori Markkinen's out. Kevin, been, Kevin Love's out. Yeah, they've they've been one of the one of the peskier teams in the in the league with a few surprise wins. I think they'd. That they just beaten, they lost the Lakers, but they just beaten Portland and Charlotte, who's supposed to be better than them. I don't know. They've been taking care of business. Yeah. Took care mm-hmm. of the Knicks. Yeah. 
Yeah, they're missing there's one starter in Markinen, missing Kevin Love, who's a big name, even though he hasn't been good in five years. <laughs> um, and Colin Sexton gets injured in this one. Is he uh, one of his players fell on his leg? He looked like he was okay. He returned to the game and then he left again. But the story of this game was just Ricky Rubio being the greatest player of all time. Starts the game eight for eight from three, ends at eight for nine, just because he took a dumb one when the game was already locked up. It's kind of kind of made me mad just because it was like you take your perfect eight for eight and be happy yeah. with it. Let it be like an iconic night. Yeah, yeah. It's like, I and mean, it's it's memorable because like he did it and all that, and the Knicks are supposed to be good now, so. It's cool still, but it would have been yeah, like, like, like one of one of the top games of the year if you just didn't take that last one. Yeah. Like if someone looks at this box score that didn't watch the game, you wouldn't think that he was eight for eight. That miss could be anywhere. That could have been the first one. He could have started over one. It's not yeah. what happened. You you wouldn't assume he just lobbed it up at the end and and that was needlessly. That. The, the game was yeah. already locked up at that point. Very much decided. I didn't know he did it until until we tweeted about it. Yeah. So, because I walked away uh, to start setting up for this. Yeah. So, that, he ends the game with 37 points, a career uh, high. Career high. Ten, 10 assists, one turnover. No, four turnovers. Sorry. One personal foul. Uh, just, it, this was just like every time. I mean, Clyde and Mike Green were saying it. Time Knicks started to make their run. The Cavaliers just hit a three-pointer. They started the the fourth quarter, thirteen for sixteen from or no second half, thirteen for sixteen from three. I think they missed a couple at the at the end of the game to bring yeah. that percentage down. But yeah, they were at, they were at least need ten to take for those twelve. Either. Yeah, they're at least ten for twelve at one point. Yeah, they missed a few at the end as a team, and and it'll be attributed to Rubio going off. But there were a bunch of dudes hitting threes at the end that were just devastating. Like one of Mobley's threes was, was a real, was yeah. a rally killer against the Knicks. Uh, Dean Wade hit, I think two, I think both his threes were like in the corner, just fired away ending Knicks attempts to, to cut into it. That was, that was Windler. Dean oh, Wade hit Windler. his two threes in the first half, which also hurt. Just the same. Yeah. But. Different guy with DW initials that I can't believe played real yeah. minutes. And, and he did his job. Like you said, the Cavs just do their job. Evan Mobley was ridiculous. Jared Allen was just Shaquille O'Neal. It was like I, I tweeted this. It was, we were just playing Kobe and Shaq today. Ricky Rubio and Jared Allen were Jared Allen got every rebound. He just dumped on everybody yeah. twice. He did at Se- least two. 17 boards and eight offensive rebounds or six offensive rebounds. Read better, dummy. Yeah. Uh, he just had, grabbing everything. He had two like man dunks. I'm sure he dunked it more than twice, but he dunked it on people. He had two worthwhile poster dunks. One of them to kill, to kill another Knicks rally. I mean, in the fourth quarter, the Knicks started at least like five rallies. IQ would just was leading the charge. He just – they couldn't get – they got it to five, and then the Cavaliers made a shot every single yeah. time. Every time they got within two possessions, they, the the Cavs pretty quickly hit another dagger three. I mean, the Knicks 
they they do score 34 fourth quarter points and they're outscored by the Cavs in this one in that quarter. So um they tried yeah. their best to cut into it and make up for that dreadful third quarter, but uh yeah, Cavs just just had an answer for everything. Yeah, this Which wasn't could, like good, good for them. I mean, they just had magic tonight. Uh, yeah, that's what it was. This wasn't like a, a devastating loss. This was just like well, that was the most ridiculous thing I've ever seen. Yeah, like honestly, they we, didn't. They weren't. The Knicks didn't hit quite a, as many threes as you'd like, but overall, they shot okay from the field. Nobody's stat line really stands out, but it's like it, other than the Cavs going off. I mean, that, those types of box scores will happen. Um, they got like what five, six guys in double figures. Um, just nobody fully got going. It it looks like, and uh, and the Cavs had multiple guys just just torch them at the end. The Cavs were nineteen for thirty five from three, fifty four percent. The Knicks were nine for thirty one, twenty nine percent. So that's a thirty point difference from the three point line. Right there. So, yeah, there's really nothing you can point to, and obviously they, they lose by 17 points. They, uh, so you really couldn't point to anything. But like, there's no, there's no real officiating issues. I think the Knicks benefited from more calls than were hurt by them. And just again, just looking at the box score, Knicks got 24 free throws. It's more than double what the Cavs got. They took 11 free throws the whole game. So there's not even anything like that you could point to. It's just. Cavs could not miss from three. Rubio had the, literally the game of his life. Um, it just sucks. I don't know. Yeah, Rubio was was Michael Jordan down to the the layup where he switches hands in midair. He did that. Yeah, just just for a dramatic effect. And that's that was the week of Knicks basketball game wise. I think we could. Yeah. We can hit the heavy topics now. Um, you know, we talked about RJ starting to be RJ. I'll, uh, I'll bring up his starting stat lines. Real. I'll bring up his stat lines from the week and and give you a little bit of a of a taste of what our boy has been doing. He's averaging nineteen on the season. I don't know if this factors in today's game yet, but. Uh, if you're looking, if you're looking at ESPN, I believe that's factored in. Huh. I think they huh. get it in there pretty quick. It's at least in his game log, so yeah. I'll give them the benefit. So of before, that. before tonight's six pointer, he had 35 against the Pelicans, 27 against the Raptors, 23 against the Pacers, and 20 against the Bucks, and those are just good numbers. Just, just For, legitimately really good. Just, yeah. just really good stuff. With eight rebounds, six rebounds, five rebounds, and seven rebounds. This is just a, this is the starting mm-hmm. shooting guard you want on a on a good team. Yeah, it's not. He's averaging nineteen coming into tonight. Just cross referenced it with Basketball Reference. Said reference twice in the same sentence. Haven't done that before. What's well, that's not your fault. That's the name of the website. So it's yeah. like a proper noun. So that's true. It's kind of well, like you didn't even say it. Yeah. I mean, he's uh dude. He's awesome. <laughs> he's like finishing through people. He's like blowing by people, which is kind of like 
was kind of always supposed to be a thing he he wouldn't be able to do. He's like kind of he's like going past people in the half court setting and getting not easy layups, but but getting like looks yeah. and making them. Um, yeah, I, like I can't I, I can't say enough good things about R.J. Barrett and his whole season uh, tonight, notwithstanding. Yeah, I mean he had 19 points in the double overtime game, and he he kind of took a few more games to really get going. And in that game, he was silent in the first half, and it took a while. Um, but once we got to like that end of the second week of the season, he's he's been a he's been a monster. Yeah, and he's finishing uh, right-handed and left-handed, and he's dunking in on people, which is the aggressiveness that that we need. When Derrick Rose is in, you need someone when you need someone to be able to get to the rim and make stuff happen. And he's been able to do that and to compliment uh, Julius Randle pretty well. So who else do you want to talk about? I don't know if it's the most relevant to any game this week specifically, but a guy who's been like a, like kind of on my mind has been Alec Burks. He just bing bong. All right, guys, we did lose Greg. Uh, computer broke. He's told me to to monologue it and, and get the hell out of here. Um, but as I was about to tell him, I mean, one of the one of the points of, of discussion I'm interested in is Alec Burks this season. He um, and I do like Burks. He tonight in this game is two of seven from the field, ten points. You know, he's a guy. He's he gets some of the few guys that's been getting a lot of minutes that hasn't. It just it just feels off with him this year. Um, so last year he's good most of the year, and it and it's still they've played what ten games, so it's not not a problem by any means. But just game by game, he's only broken ten points now four times in one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten games. Uh, and the second game of the year against Orlando is the only game is one of three games he's shot 50% and the only game he's shot more than 50% from three. He made one of two threes tonight, um, which is a little bit cheating, but, uh, and he had a one of two game at new Orleans from three. So he's, he's just a guy I'd like to see get going. You know, it doesn't feel like Tibbs MO to be playing a guy like him this much when he when he isn't fully deserving it. I mean his he gives a great effort and and I don't think he takes that many awful shots. Um but just weird. And especially on this year's team where they are so deep. Um and tonight was whatever. Uh obviously the Cavs had some magic going and you didn't have Kemba Walker available and he's a guy Burks is a guy that any given possession can can play a little point guard for you. Zero assists tonight. So not really helping us there. Um, yeah, that, but that just the first game against Orlando is the only like, oh, that was a really good game from Burke's game. You look at 18 minutes, 12 points, seven assists. That was cool on good efficiency. So I just I'd like to see him do more um, and look more like the guy from last year, but also last year, he was kind of inconsistent too. Just this year, they're a deep team. And so I feel like you can figure out quicker if tonight's going to be an Alec Burks night and, uh, and call it, <laughs> you can pull the plug on it and get a few more minutes to Fournier or, or uh, 
and, and get quickly some minutes at the two off the bench and, and bump RJ over or, or hell get Grimes some minutes. He was, he was pretty good tonight. He got 12 minutes in the whole game. I believe he played the final six minutes of the fourth quarter and it was still pretty close against the Cavs. And he was overall pretty impressive. Uh, uh, the box score won't stand out to you, but he makes two of the three threes he took. That was cool. Grabs a rebound, played adequate defense. He's supposed to be a defensive first guy. I think he was mostly fine. He, he, Rubio got him to bite on, on that one three. One of the threes that was really devastating. Um, but even then, I think I thought he recovered from that. Rubio gets him to jump. Um, and like, that's not good, but he recovers from that and gets a decent defense on it. But Rubio was hitting everything. I don't, I don't think there's anything anyone could have done. So hopefully this, this means they'll open up some minutes for Grimes moving forward, at least a little bit, because he's uh, he's been, been a pleasant watch in the limited run I think he's gotten. Another and another young guy that uh, we haven't mentioned on the show, and I haven't gotten to talk about it all this year, uh, is Obi Toppin. He's been he's been really good this year at the the steps he's taken. We got we saw it starting to really come together for him at the end of last year, and in the playoffs he played some productive minutes. Of course, he's you know to, to different degrees he's stuck behind Randall. And then subsequently the the Mitchell Robinson and Nerlens Noel tandem, uh, and throw Taj Gibson in there. Th- that trio of guys is going to play most of the minutes at the five. We've gotten to see Ob experiment there a bit, and it's mostly worked. The first two games of the year, he gets fourteen and thirteen points uh, respectively on on over sixty percent from the field, which and that's crazy. You you couldn't imagine that last year. Uh, he's been making highlight highlight dunks or getting him easy lobs. He's he passes the defensive eye test. I have no idea what the metrics are saying about him, but he's giving a strong effort. Uh, I've really, really loved everything I've seen from Obi this year. Um, and you know, we we could see it at the end of last year. Like I said, it was it was starting to come together, and you could see, all right, he can be a real player. Now it it really feels like okay, this guy belongs to the NBA, which you know. I specifically talked kind of a lot of shit about him uh, in the, in the early stages of last year, most of last year. Cause, cause it was deserving. He looked, he looked like he didn't know what basketball was for, for a lot of stretches. And um, I'm really, really happy to, to see him doing what he's doing. He goes four or four in this Cavs game, uh, three or three from the, from the line as well. He's, uh, he's really good. He's been really good shooting. Actually, his numbers at the line aren't great. He hasn't had that many attempts, but his last two games, he's seven for his last seven at the line. Um, obviously, you'd like to see him grab some more boards, but he's not playing crazy minutes. I'd love to see him get get even more extended run out there, but he's getting he's finding himself an, a nice niche on the team right now, and uh, hopefully he, he continues to force the issue. I was, I've really, uh, really liked what I've seen from Obi. That's that's pretty cool. Um, and that mostly covers it, guys. I, uh, you know, Evan Fournier got out to a hot start to begin this game and, and cooled off quick. Um, you like to see him him do a little better overall. Uh, I'm curious what his season stats are. I don't know if these account for tonight on ESPN. I don't think it accounts for tonight. 
Uh, 39% from three. Okay. 41% from the field. All right. It's not, not as bad as I thought. Not as bad as I thought at all. Um, but tonight wasn't a great one. It's, it's fine. It's fine. Five of 13. That's kind of the, as it's just sort of what I should expect from him. Uh, but, but Fournier, I, I think, I think tends to make the smart plays. I'd be curious what people like smarter than me think about his t- what his time with the Knicks has uh, has been. Uh, I've been mostly happy with it. He uh, as he got he was hot from three to start the year. I think his through his first four games. He uh, I can pull up official numbers. I don't have to try to do mental math. Computers exist. Uh, man, I really really wish my computer would not annoy me with this. Come on. Basketballreference.com be cool. All right. My computer stinks. That's just an aside. Um, there was first, let's see. Let's call it his first four games. He's shooting 45% from three. Good. Good shit. Um, since then, coming into tonight, the five games since then that dropped to 32% from three. And I don't think his two of seven from tonight is going to help that. Um, because two of seven, as we all know, and I'm not doing on my phone, is, is just under 20. It's about 29%. So I think that drag down, call it a call. It, he's been shooting 30% from three since since that opening week. So he's got to do better than that. Um, I don't know. Uh, other than that, I do feel like he's got, has a knack for making timely plays and, and smart plays. He gives a defensive effort, which is all I can ask. Cause defense is, you know, a skill. I don't think he's going to be, be special on defense. You know, he's, and I'll take the boost he gives on, on offense overall um, compared to, what we got from Reggie Bullock last year, who, who I loved. Um, I'll take the drop in defense for the, for the boost in offense from him, but you know, Fournier could, could just use this a, a really good game. He could use a really good game too. Um, I don't guys, I think that's going to kind of cover it. We went through all the games. We burned through them pretty quick. Um, I was really happy to be back and talking Knicks. I, uh, you know, the, the team is finally like worth discussing on a bigger scale, which is awesome. Um, and I, I couldn't be, couldn't be happier to be back doing this. Uh, yeah. Their next three games coming up. If you want to look ahead to this week, they have the second night of a back-to-back at Philadelphia. Um, and that'll be tomorrow or today as you're listening to this. Uh, and Wednesday night they they host Milwaukee, and then uh, and they go on the road and face Charlotte. I um those the Philly matchup tomorrow they'll they'll have Kemba Walker back. He was just resting tonight. Uh, hopefully, hopefully, um, they can take care of business there. That said, it is on the road, and they they kind of embarrass the Sixers at the party. The first time they faced off. So, so I'm sure they're going to be bringing their A game. Joel, 
uh, I'm sure is going to want to kick the Knicks' ass, and understandably so, because they they got they got them last time, and they're going to host Milwaukee, who who of course the Knicks just came back against. So I don't know what Milton's deal is. What, what's he What's he even out with? I'm such a good, such a good podcaster. Oh, he's on he's on the Kobe list. That's unfortunate. I uh, hope he's feeling well. And uh, I don't know if he's going to be back. It's obviously a very important piece of their of their team that they were missing the last time we faced them. Otherwise, I mean, that's a really good team. They're the defending champs even without him. Uh, they're probably going to be bringing their A game at, at the Garden. So those two games are going to be tough. So that then they have a four-game stretch at Charlotte. Then the next week, home against Indiana or Indiana and Orlando, uh, and Houston. They have to take care of business, and you have to go at least three and one in that four game stretch: Charlotte, Indiana, Orlando, Houston. Um, I, I think you have to go at least three and one in there, especially Orlando and Houston being at home. Take care of business because then they then they start a really tough stretch because the bulls have established themselves as a good team. They go at bulls. They host the Lakers Suns, at Atlanta at Brooklyn, uh, bulls, nuggets, spurs, pacers, Raptors who just beat them bucks warriors. So that that's a big, big, big stretch for them. December, the back half of November and, and then December is going to be really tough. Um, so that, that's what kind of makes them losing both of uh, Toronto and Cleveland's game, both the Toronto and Cleveland games that much more frustrating. Indiana's a team they you'd like to beat. They're, you're in kind of the same tier of the league as them, I think. Um, so you, you'd have loved to be able to win that game, but that's a good team that that you don't expect to beat, and uh, they they can't come in and just expect to beat them. They're a good team, and, and those other teams, you know, the the Cavs have a better record than the Knicks now. The Raptors, I don't know what their record is, but as much as their team, I think the Knicks are good enough to beat. I think yeah, they're six and five. The Knicks have one fewer loss than them, um, so they're they're not a pushover team themselves. So. If you go at least three and one in that four game stretch, let's see. Let's let's assume worst case scenario, they lose these two games. So the Knicks fall to six and six, going into that four game stretch. They go three and one, so then they'd be nine and seven, going into at Chicago, who they've beaten. The Lakers, they get. There's not a team in the league the Knicks are incapable of beating. Um. But just that's a tough stretch. So if you can go into that with as as good a record as possible, it's nice to just have wins in your back pocket, um, which is what makes a night like tonight frustrating. Although, you know, like, again, the Cavs had some devil magic going, Ricky Rubio in the garden. Um, that was cool. Um, I don't know. I... Uh, all right, guys, I think that's that's gonna do it here. So we're done. Um, if we're doing the the guessing game, I'll I'll say two and one. I'll be optimistic. That Charlotte game is pretty must win on Friday night. Um, which actually I don't 
I'm going to be busy. I don't think I'm going to be able to watch that. But uh, Sixers and Bucks, get one of them. Get one of them. That'd be really cool. They're going to they're gonna both, I think, give their A game that night. Which, I mean, they should. They do every time. They're NBA players, and it's they're pros. But you know what I mean. They're you pretty recently embarrassed both of them at the party. So take care of business. Uh, let's win. Let's go Knicks. Next tape.